He's been wonderful. He's been wonderful. You all can have a seat. I thank God. I, my prayer, I said, God, I need just enough voice to get through this sermon today. So you see, I have some tea. But he assured me that he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God who heals. In fact, he reiterated this morning that by his stripes, he said that work was already done on Calvary. So you don't even have to be stressed about today. So I bless God for enough to do what it is that he's called me to do today. And then we can get out of here and go home and eat some pancakes. That's what's on my agenda today. A couple pancakes. We bring greetings on behalf of First Homestead Middle School. We're so happy to be here. We're happy to be in partnership with you all. You all have been such a blessing to the school. We've prayed and asked God for partners, people who could pray with me, people who could pray for us, people who could stand in the gap for children. Um, and not only that, but you all are present every month. I don't know if you know, I don't know if you have pictures, if you follow us on Instagram and Twitter, but Refuge just blessed the teachers with a brand new teacher's lounge. It is absolutely beautiful. And I have some teachers here with me today. I want everybody, if you're from the Homestead family, if you would stand and be recognized. Bless God for you. I have one teacher pulling double duty. The Lord blessed Andrew and I to start a ministry about a year ago um, in our living room at our dining room table where the word is going forth and we thank God for family builders. And so some members of family builders are here. If you're here, would you please stand? Wanna get all of these niceties out of the way so we can get to this work. Thank God for you and for you being with us. We thank God for Pastor and Sister Upton um, and for them being away at marriage retreat. What a wonderful thing. Bless God for them. It's the angel of this house who covers you and pray for you. You should always pray for him um, because he stands in the gap. Um, sometimes he doesn't get a chance to eat. Sometimes while he's trying to pray for other things, God keeps bringing you to his memory. And so pray for him that he'll be steadfast in the work. To all of the elders, um, leaders in the ministry, everybody, Sister Jessica who met me at my car, just everybody who's been so kind today, everyone who stands at the door, Every brother and sister I have in Christ, every brother and sister I have in creation, thank God for you being here today. To these fabulous musicians and praise team, thank God for you. Bless God. I think I'm about done with all of the niceties. I do want to recognize my husband, and he is not here today only because our son is in um, West Palm Beach having his closing ceremonies. He was the one selected out of all of the students to go and represent the school at a great um, event this weekend. And so he's been gone from us. We really almost felt empty nester. Our oldest is in college. She's here with me today. We thank God for um, Namaya. So we're on split duty today. Um, we're doing boys against girls. So uh, he, she gets to be here with me while he goes and sees about our baby in West Palm. Y'all all right? Y'all had a chance to look at me already? Because we're about to get to this word and we're not gonna waste a lot of time. God has given us a word, it's so powerful for this house. I hope that you're braced and anchored in order to receive what it is that God is saying today. All right, let's, we're, I understand all pastor told me, he invited me about a month ago and he said, I need you to preach on the 19th. And you know, pastor is just that way, right? It's very cavalier. So he's like, hey, I need you to preach on the 19th. 
So you say, all right, pastor. Then the 19th comes, and you're like, oh, Jesus, it's already here. And so um, all he told me was Kingdom Girls Rock. And I love that series title. First of all, that a pastor would take time just to focus on kingdom girls, how important it is, um, especially to teach our young women um, about rocking. Because the world will tell them how to rock, right? They'll tell them. But it's about being a kingdom girl. And so we're going to look at one of those principles today. We're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. You won't get a chance to close your Bible because I read from it all the time. We are studiers, We're people who study the word. Second King chapter four. When you have it, say amen. Good. Do we stand for the reading of the word here? I don't want to disrespect the house. Good. I just don't want to be disrespectful. Whatever it is that you do that makes you comfortable. I just don't want to disrespect the house. Okay. Second Kings chapter four. We're reading the first seven verses. First seven verses. You there? Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the son of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elijah said unto her, What shall I do for thee? What hast thou in thy house? And she said, thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all of thy neighbor, neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all of those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went forth, she went from him and shut the door upon her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil, pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. The word of the Lord is already blessed. While you're there, let's pray. God, we thank you. God, we really do. Our hearts are so grateful for who you are in our lives. God, we thank you that while we were yet in sin, you made a decision to send your son to die on our behalf. God, we thank you that it was the plan of the Lord even before the world was framed. God, we thank you because you love us. And you've decided to meet us here. God, your word said where two or three are gathered together in your name that you're already here. You're already in the midst. God, and we thank you because you never come empty. God, you come with everything that we need. Healing, deliverance, salvation. God, we thank you for all of it in this place today. God, speak a word like only you can speak. Minister to your people. Give them what they need. Fill them up. And we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. For the next few minutes, I'm going to talk to you from this subject, from broken to boss. From broken to boss. Everybody just say it, from broken to boss. We're sitting here at 2 Kings, and just to provide you some background, right, of where we are. Elisha, as you remember, is the understudy of Elijah, 
right? Elijah, we know as a prophet who had done so many wonderful miracles, had performed so many great things. And he'd asked God about his successor. See, that's a message for leaders right there. Too many of us are stuck in leadership and we won't worry about who the successor is. So Elijah said, I'm concerned about these people and the continuance of work. So God, who is the successor? Who is it that will follow me? And then he went and got him and he was not jealous of him. You remember that happened with the king, right? You remember Saul had that problem and David was trying to play music and Saul was throwing stuff at his head. So he had a problem with succession. Right, but here we have Elijah who says, you know what, I want to get him and I want to make him my son. I'm going to teach him. That's a leadership word that has nothing even to do with kingdom rocks, right? This is just bonus word that the Lord gave me. So important as leaders that we understand the importance of getting someone under you and teaching them, not being intimidated by their gifts. right? But to teach them, inspire them, encourage them, model for them, show them this is how you do it. This is not how you do it. Don't do it that way because that's not going to bring glory. But that's what Elijah decided to do for Elisha. He began to teach him. And because of that, let me tell you about the understudied. The understudied studied under. See, some of us, we get so high and mighty. Because we can sing one song, because God put an anointing on our lives, because we preach one sermon, we don't ever want to study under. See, so this is not only for the leader, but also for those who have appointed, been appointed under. Your job is to stay there until you've been called forward. Somebody say, stay there. Now, while you're there, you can't be lazy. See, Elisha always had Elijah. Elijah always had Elisha. They had a mutual relationship. When Elijah went to do work, he took Elisha with him. And Elisha served him. He watched everything that he did. To the point that when... He, Elijah got ready to get out of here to be taken up. That's the one he, he was taken up. You know, there's only two people in the Bible recorded as not having died. He was taken up. He said, if you watch me be taken up, you could have a double portion of my anointing. See, it's not so bad being the understudy. And God blessed him. He did twice as many miracles as he saw his father in ministry did. He did twice as much because he knew how to study under. Somebody say study under. Yeah, don't get ahead of yourself you, you, before you wreck yourself. Right? Study under. That was all just bonus. So anyway, Elijah received a double portion of that anointing because he watched Elijah being swept up. Elijah is the right successor. He is the mouthpiece of God. Everybody say that. Mouthpiece of God. See, what you forget is that in Bible days, people didn't have the Bible in their phone. They couldn't hit the Holy Bible app and it read to them, right? There were scrolls and scrolls of the word that had been recorded at certain points. It was really just history and tradition. So they had to rely on a mouthpiece of the Lord. They had to rely on the prophet. So you imagine how important the prophet was to the body of Christ. See, just in 2 Kings chapter 3, they called for him. There were three kings. Everybody say three kings. Three kings, they were about to go up to battle. They said, go get the mouthpiece of the Lord. Because we're about to go into battle and we don't even trust ourselves. You have to imagine that these are three kings. They are strategic. See, they're not kings like we have presidents. 
right? They are kings who went to war. They were strategists. They knew about fighting. They understood their enemy. Three of them said, I tell you what, I know we have mind power in here. I understand we have strategy amongst the three of us, but what we need is a word from the Lord. Somebody go find the prophet. See, and too many of us, we keep evaluating ourselves and coming up with, we got what we need. Somebody say, get a word. Now, that's somebody's word right there that you need. That's all you came to church for today. Just get a word. Praise them. Hallelujah. The other people in this story are certain women and her sons. And we'll get to that as we continue to study. If we go through this text really fast, we're going to look at five things. She mentioned the problem. This is how you go from being broken to a boss. Right? If you want to go from being broken to being a boss, there's five things. Five things in this text. First of all, she mentioned the problem. That should bless somebody. She mentions the problem. She met with the prophet. That's the word of God. She moved in her persuasion. She marveled at his provision. And then she made a prophet. That's how you go from being broken to being a boss. Five things real fast. Mentions the problem. Met with the prophet moved in her persuasion, marveled at the provision, and then made a prophet. She goes from being broken to being a boss. If you look at verse 1 of this text, it tells us really quickly that there was a certain woman of the wives of the son of the prophet unto Elijah, saying that my husband is dead and that knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor has come upon us to take unto him our son to become bondsman. First of all, she does not dwell on the problem. She just mentions it. Some of us, everybody who we see, we talk to them about what's going on in our life. Child, let me tell you, I cannot even believe. Okay, you done told her. Now, she can't pray. She don't know Jesus or nothing, but you're telling her. And the girl, let me tell you, my husband this, and my mama, one of the best lessons she ever taught me is why you saying scat cat, somebody saying here, kitty, kitty, shut up about your husband. That's somebody else's message. I don't know who that's for. But that's going to bless somebody. Shut up about your husband. Tell Jesus about him. He created him. Don't tell all your girlfriends, child, they want your husband. Don't be that stupid. So anyway, she just says, she mentions her problem, right? She doesn't go from person to person. Tell many of us, that's our problem. So many of us, we, we, we miss boss being a boss just in the first step. Because we don't know how to mention our problems. Then some of us, we hold everything in. We ain't told Jesus. We ain't told a prayer warrior. We ain't told somebody who could help us. You, you ain't said nothing. You act like you don't have no problems. You still buying $1,300 purses and $900 shoes, honey, you ain't mentioned. No kind of problem. What I appreciate about this woman, the Bible calls her a certain woman. Everybody say certain. And I was showering God say she wasn't uncertain. See, some of us have issues right there because we are not certain of who we are. See, this girl understood that she had something that she could ask for. She understood her relationship to the prophet, the word of God. She understood how her husband had served faithfully. So she said, I, I am certain of where I am. So this is what I'm going to tell you. Look here. My husband undied. He served well. He served you. And now we owe some money, money we don't have. 
And they're trying to take my two children and make them slaves, make them bondsmen. So she had experienced death, debt, and distress. She was broken. She had experienced loss right in the first verse. She didn't have a problem mentioning. See, some of us, God can't move because we ain't said nothing to him. We ain't told him, God, I need you. Sometimes you just have to say that. God, I need you. I don't know what to do. Lead a school of 700 children, 100 adults, and Lord, help the parents. You just say, Jesus, I need you. The parent is in the office acting like that. I need you. I don't even know what to do. They cussing and fussing. I'm God trying to represent Hunt Jesus. I need you. See, sometimes you just have to open your mouth to say that. Broken, this is the situation that too many of us are comfortable in. It is familiar. We understand loss. We understand lack. We understand not having enough. We saw it in our mamas. We saw it in our grandmamas. We saw it in the neighborhoods. And so we say, you know what? This is the place where I'm supposed to be. Everybody say the devil is a liar. Not only that, the Bible says he is the father of lies. He doesn't even have good seed in him. All his seed is lies. And so he'll have you thinking that this is where you're supposed to be. That it is just your lot in life to be broken. But we're not broken in here today. We're not broken. Declare it over yourself. Say, I'm not broken. Honey, and I ain't broke. See, God wants to bless not only our minds and our hearts, but our pockets. And if anybody teach you a gospel that's different than that, you need to run. He said that he, pros he wants us to prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prosper. How you do ministry and you don't have no money? Shout glory. Are you, he wants us to move from brokenness to being a boss. And so this story teaches us how to do that. Then she, this woman, I'm going to give her credit because in verse 2, she goes and meets with the word of God. She said, I mentioned that I have a problem, but now I got to go to somebody who I know can fix problems. And so she goes to the prophet and she tells the prophet, look here, you are, I already told you the situation. I'm laying it out for you. And then the prophet tells her, watch what he says. He says, number one, what shall I do for you? This is another leadership tool. See, if you have a leader and they don't say, what shall I do for you? See, that's not the case here. I know about Pastor Upton, right? I call him pastor. He'll ask, what can I do? How can I help you? He is a servant. So that's the first thing that you have to see about leaders. If you got a leader and they're not serving, then that's a problem. So the first thing, even though he is Elisha, you understand who he is? This is the for real prophet, the for real mouthpiece of God. He says, what can I do for you? Then the second question that he asks, even before she has a chance to answer, or even before the answer is recorded, she, he says, what do you have in your house? Now, that question seems so weird to me. It seems out of place. Because, honey, I done told you my husband dead. You know he ain't there. I done told you we don't have no money, so you know that ain't there. I got these two children that I'm trying to hold on to. This seems like such a weird question. But he asked her, what's in your house? Now, watch her answer. Her answer, said, she says, I don't have anything save that means except oil now what you have to realize about oil is in bible times this is a precious commodity if you go get some of that high class oil now that i see them cooking with on the um, cooking channel it costs a pretty penny too 
So she said, all I have is oil. But she started with, I do not have anything at all. And then it's as if she recalls, save, accept this pot of oil. In the culture, oil was used for cosmetics. It was used for cooking. It was used for food and rituals, medicines and funerals and offerings. So how you said you don't have nothing? Somebody touch your neighbor and say, do inventory. See, some of us, we have stuff and we don't value it. You say, all I have is this little gift to teach. All I have is this little gift to pray. All I have is this little gift of soul. All I have is this little gift. Oh, you keep evaluating your own thing. I don't have anything except this little thing. And you're sitting on what could make you a boss. All I, I write poems every now and then. I do public speaking every now and then. I don't really have anything except this little thing. Stop undervaluing what it is that you have. Stop calling your gift, your talent, insignificant and unworthy. Because it is the very thing that God can use to move you from brokenness to being the boss. Somebody shout glory right there. Now watch these next three verse, next two verses. The next two verses, the prophet reveals the plan. He says, now this is what you're going to do since you have some oil. Because I can work with that. Anybody know God work with little? Child, you can look at me. You can say, oh, he look with little. Not in size. But he worked with little. He worked with little David and that slingshot. That little boy and that lunch. Moses and a rod. God don't have problems with little. So he tells her, I tell you what, here is the plan. So some of us, we get stuck right at the first part, mentioning. We either talk too much or talk too little. We either flogging or we... Oh, I'm in the right church. I can say flogging here. We either flogging or talking too much. Right? We, we, we have a, so some of us get stuck there. We believe brokenness is where we're supposed to be. And so we stay at a place of our problem. Some of us are able to step past that. And then it's time for the word. Some of us don't want to consult the word. We want to see what's on the TV. We want to see what People Magazine got to say. We want to see what Black Twitter got to say. We want to see what Instagram says. We put it out on a poll, on a Snapchat thing. We put out polls. How should I handle this? I think that's absolutely crazy. When the word is the whole life, the Bible says those who find it, it's life to our flesh. And you putting out polls on Instagram and Snapchat, asking people what you're going to do with your life. So some of us get stopped right there because we, we don't know how to get to the word. We consult everything else. Some of us are bad, though. We step past that. We get to the word now. We're going to go get the word because we had some training. We knew what to do. This next step is where some of us are stuck. Touch a neighbor and say, get unstuck. So watch this plan. The prophet tells her, I tell you what I need you to do. You're going to now go to all your neighbors and ask your neighbors for vessels. Just ask everybody in the neighborhood for a vessel. Then I need you to go inside of the house and close the door on you and your sons and begin to pour out. Now that plan sounds so simple, but if we're real with ourselves, there's two parts to that plan. There's a public part and there's a private part. So the first thing he tells us is that you have to be public. Go knock on your neighbor's doors and ask for something. 
See right there, somebody got stuck. Because you say ain't liked her since I moved over here. I ain't about to ask her for nothing. If I need one more egg, I'm going to drive all the way to Publix and leave this batter sitting right here. It's way too public. I can't let somebody know that I'm struggling over here. I can't, I can't tell the whole, did you say go to all my neighbors? See, and if I can't say amen, I just have to say ouch. You say, wait a minute, I got to be public now? It's part of the plan. And if it's part of God's plan, then you have to do it. It doesn't matter if it makes you look crazy. It doesn't matter if people started asking, because you can only imagine. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Um, do you have any pots I can borrow? Excuse me? Do you have any pots, anything I can put? Do you have any pots, any vessels that I could borrow? Girl, what you need that for? But I just, I, I promise you, I just want a vessel that I can have. Can I borrow a vessel from you, uh-uh, child? I, you can imagine, right? Because now you open yourself up to be vulnerable and to face rejection, right? But because God told you to do it, knock on the next door and say, hello, do, excuse me, can I have some vessels? See, some of us, we, we hit the first door of rejection, and we done sat down. We said, that couldn't be God. That's the enemy. I rebuke you. Now, you were very confident that it was God before. But the first time you run into rejection, you say, that can't be him. But what God is telling some of us today is go knock on the next door. Don't be deterred by one rejection. Knock on the next door. It doesn't matter that you didn't get that last job. Get the next one. That's how you boss up. So she knocks on the next door. Can I have a vessel? Girl, yeah, you can have a vessel. Let me go get it. Girl, you know who was just over here? That certain woman, she came over here to bar. Girl, she asked me for my pots. I gave her some, but child, she probably coming to your house next. You can only imagine the scrutiny that she was opening herself up to. One thing about God, when he tells you to do things that are very public, see, you think that you're going to be shamed if God doesn't do it. But what you have to remind yourself is that this is not even my business. This is God's business. When I got to the school, I told them that God said we were going to be a bee. Right? I, I announced it publicly. God said we're going to be a bee. So then last year we tested and we made a C. Right? That was a great improvement. We went up uh, 74 points, moved to a C. It was huge. Teachers got extra checks. They didn't even know they was used to heaven. People got all kind of money. Yes, the Lord blessed. Somebody said, where that be? I said, I don't know, because it ain't my reputation. That's his. I know what he said. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. His word is sustainable. It's so solid I can stand on it. I put my two feet on his word alone. So I don't know where it wasn't for this year, I guess. But as long as we keep living, we keep serving the Lord, I trust that a bee is coming. Because that's what God says. And I won't back down. They send me to all kind of meetings. What do you think the grade is going to be? I say, I have to say a B. They say, do you see this data? I do. And I understand it. And I still say a B because I can't profess anything that's contradictory to the word of God out of my mouth. (laughs) 
So some of us get lost on the plan because we don't want to be we don't want to deal with the public when they go to asking you questions and scrutinizing you. And then some of us get lost on the going private because the next part is you have to get behind a closed door. You may have to turn your social media off. You may have to turn your phone off to be to do the plan that God has for you. See, so some of us say, mm-mm, God, I heard what you said, but that public part is a bit too much for me. Right? I'm going to write this book for who? Who even going to read it? Who even going to like it? Does it even make sense? Now, I'm talking about myself now. Y'all don't have to say, man, I'm, I'm preaching to my own self. Who, who even going to write? Who even going to read it? Who going to like it? Right? Who, who, why? Then he said, go in and close the door. Uh-oh, I got to turn off the TV. Oh, Lord, I may have to check into a hotel and go somewhere and write. I may have to wake up early in the morning and do some stuff that's private. Uh-uh, wait a minute, God. See, I was doing fine with you on becoming a boss. <laughs> but see, now you're talking about what's going on in my private time. See, you're requiring something of me. Somebody say he's requiring. See, if you want a boss up, you can't believe that this is going to happen by not following the plan that God had for you. So then he tells her, here's the thing. Do his plan. Then watch this woman in verse 5. The Bible says she goes into the room. She now has these vessels, and she goes into the room. And then she begins to, somebody say, what's there? What's the, what's the word there? I'm a teacher. What does she do? Once she get in the room, she closes the door, and she then does what? Pour out. Y'all see that in your Bible? I want to make sure I'm still teaching the Bible. He, she begins to pour out. This is where some of us miss it. We miss it because we say, I don't have enough. How am I going to pour out for somebody else? How am I going to offer? How am I going to serve? How am I going to give? How am I going to meet pastor for revival? How am I going to do that? I only have a little bit. And I'm trying to hold on to what I have. See, this takes faith to say, you know what, with the little bit that I have, I'm going to be willing to pour it out. Somebody shall pour out. That's what she had to be willing to do. She had to be willing to give up what she had in order to get what she wants. Some of us want big things from God and can't get anything because our hands still closed. Your tithing record, God help us. Your offering record, God help us. Somebody ask you for money, God help us. Somebody ask you for your time. You say, mm-mm, girl, I don't have that much time. But God's requiring this lady. Now, this is if she wanted to be a boss. He said, what you have, you got to be willing to pour it out. Now, the church done got real quiet, so I need y'all to encourage one another. Touch somebody. Say, pour out. I mean, after all, it's God who told you to do it. It's in the word. God told. Now, who can beat God given? See, they used to sing that song when I was little, and I used to think that was crazy. I can't sing. You know my voice. You, he can't beat God given. You can't beat God given. That's, I used to sing it because it sounded nice at free will. But I said, man, but you can't. How you going to give out something and God not return? He is the very giver. He says the cattle on a thousand hills belong to him. He, every bank, every car dealership, every mortgage company, every job, every CEO, everybody belongs to him. And you got a problem with giving out your little bit of stuff? That's his too. He gave it to you. You don't want to give out any time, any attention, any effort. 
Help me, Tessa. Any effort. Say, wait a minute, I, I give all my time to the school. I'm not 12 hours a day. God, when am I supposed to write a book? And he said, write the book, pour out. Don't you worry about what's going to happen in the public. Do what I told you to do. Get behind these closed doors and begin to pour out. Because it's about obedience. Now watch what happened as a result of her obedience. You see it? The Bible tells us in verse 6 that all the vessels that she borrowed were full. Everything. She kept saying, hello, pass me another one, baby. And he pulled. Good. Pass me another one. He said, I don't have no more. Mama, we out. She said, we done filled up all these vessels. The Bible, she still had something left to pour. Somebody ought to shout right there. She still had something left. And you worried about your little bit. Pour it out and trust God to keep filling vessels. Keep filling them. And then what happened, the Bible says, not only did she do that, but the Bible said the oil stayed. Now, I taught, I taught English, so I love stuff like personification. When you take an oil, a non, a, you, know, you know, take an object, and you give it human characteristics. And so he says, listen here, the oil stayed. I have a little dog. She doesn't know how to do anything that's like real obedience. Not like fetch. She don't do those things. She does a lot of other smart things. She's gifted. That's what we call her now. She is gifted. But if you tell her, many stay. You understand dogs and their characteristics. If you don't talk to the dog, the dog will stay. That means that they won't move. That's what the Bible says about this oil. The oil stayed. That means no matter how much she poured out for the rest of time, there was still going to be oil there. Oh, do y'all hear me? I'm talking about no matter if she cooked... 17 loads of fried chicken. The oil stayed right there. I don't care if she gave some to her neighbors, made some medicine, buried five friends. The Bible said the oil. So, now this section over here got it. I'm going to try to preach it over here. Listen, what I'm telling you is that no matter what she did, God commanded the oil to keep flowing in her life. Maybe because y'all don't understand the power of oil. It is the very anointing of God. He said the anointing cannot leave. I don't care what you do. The anointing will stay. You worried about giving out too much. You worried about giving of yourself. The whole world teaching self-care. And I ain't crazy, honey. Go to the spa. Go eat your dinner by yourself. By yourself, buy yourself a new dress and go sit at the restaurant by yourself. I don't think none of that's wrong. But you can't get to a point where you're stingy with what God has given you. You got to be willing to pour it out. Now, this is if you want to boss up. Because watch what happens in the next. So she's marveling. She marvels at the provision. She goes and finds the word. See, this is what some of us get lost right here. Some of us say right here. Because she remembered to be an evangelist. We ain't told nobody what God did. We want them to believe our paycheck did it. We want them to believe that our intelligence did it. We ain't told nobody, child, that was God. Do you see it? I am marveled at him. Look at what he did. That girl went and found the word. She said, let me tell you something, brother prophet. I did what you say do. I followed the word of God. And guess what? 
I got so much oil, I don't know what to do with myself. And even though I keep pouring out oil, oil keep coming. He said, girl, you done become an entrepreneur. You done gone from being empty to being an entrepreneur. I tell you what I need you to do. Go sell your oil. And get out of debt. He, he said, I, I done moved you from where you was, from your place of brokenness to a boss. Look at God's power. He's able to move us from being broken to being a boss. Anybody believe that today? He's able to move you from being empty to being an entrepreneur. He's able to move you from being somebody who's weak to a worshiper. You just have to be willing to go through the process. I'm going to walk this thing out, God. I'm going to do what you say do. I'm going to say what if, if I got to be public. I'm going to do what you say do. If I have to go in private, if I have to turn everything off, I'm willing to do it. Because I want to be a boss. Because I want to be a boss for you. And when I get here, I'm going to tell people it was Jesus. God and God alone. He's the one who did it. I followed the process. I ain't get shamed along the way. I walked this thing out. And God made me a boss. I know you see my car. I know you see my house. I know you see my job. I know you see my children. I know you see my husband. I know you see what God has done. Maybe I walked it out. I followed the process. And I let God make me a boss. Anybody in here, kingdom girls, are you bosses? Are you willing to be a boss? Are you willing to surrender your little? Everybody shout, pour out. Pour it out. Pour it out. And watch God bless it. Pour it out. Write the book. Sew the clothes. Design it. Make the cake. Make the pie. Make the goods. What God has put in your hand. Don't undervalue it. Pour it out. Pour it out. And he'll make you a boss. He'll make you a boss. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, God. Hey, God. I'm willing to pour it out. I'm willing to pour it out. I ain't going to hold on to my little bit. Honey, I'm going to pour it out. Hallelujah. And watch what God does. He performs miracles over little things. Don't devalue it. Don't devalue it. Bible study in your house, don't devalue it. Don't do it. Little church in the, in the dining room, don't undervalue it. Don't undervalue it. Just keep pouring out and trust God with the rest. Everybody all right with that? Then put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Where my boss is at? Yes, God, you're a kingdom girl that rocks. You're a kingdom girl that rocks. Honey, we're a boss. We're a boss. Hallelujah.